Thanks for tuning in to the Boiler Express podcast. Join us each week as we dive into all things Purdue sports. You'll hear in-depth analysis of our previous and upcoming games, as well as interviews with players and people involved in the Purdue sports fandom. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and YouTube for our live stream shows as well. What's up, everybody? Um, good afternoon. Uh, welcome to another spontaneous uh, production of the Boiler Express podcast. Um, although I will preface this with these are my own expressed opinions and views, though some of the guys may be lockstep with me. Um, but uh, if you guys watch some of our stuff and and see who we interact with, you've seen uh, a podcast that was done uh, last night um, by the Illini cast, by Sonny from the Illini cast that kind of kind of took some shots at Purdue, um, Purdue fans as well. Uh, he did give us some props, did give Painter some props. And I just wanted to get on here and, and do a response to that. So I'll give a minute to to let some people jump in here. Um, since we didn't do a, a full group pod this week, uh, I will go ahead and thank our sponsors again. Martin Vintage, uh, go check them out if you want some vintage Purdue shirts. Uh, use code BXB at checkout. Uh, but also follow them on socials because sometimes they have some better deals. Uh, plus you'll see their latest drops, anything new they got coming out. So go check them out. Uh, also CB Analytics. Uh, Frank set that one up because he's all about stats. He's all about numbers. And we got a premium membership over there so we can go in depth on all Big Ten teams, Big Ten players. But if you want just a free one uh, and check out just Purdue and their players, or if you're an Illinois, Illinois fan tuning in, you want to check out just Illinois or any team, you can get a free membership for just one team. And then if you're more interested, you want to dig deeper, you can kind of start upgrading from there. And then Cincy Blitzboards, of course, I think our longest sponsor of the three of those. And they are awesome. They make this great game. It's kind of a combination of cornhole, um, Yahtzee, beer pong, whatever you want to call it. There's a lot of things going on, but they're they're really cool boards. Check them out at Cincy Blitz Boards on Twitter or X. They'll work with you on any team, any design, even though they're a Purdue-owned business. They'll do Illinois. They'll do NFL teams, NBA teams. They'll design ones around any logo or any design that you could think of. I think Dylan even had him design one for his fantasy football team. So I don't think he pulled the trigger on it, but but they got that over there. So I'll go ahead and give it a few more minutes in case somebody else wants to get in here. So uh, before I get started too fully, I want to go ahead and read a a statement or, or at least part of the statement um, from Sonny over the INI cast because we did interact a little bit on Twitter today over what was said last night. And that's what kind of caused me to want to do this. Uh, he did give us a lot of props. Like I said, he, you know, he called Painter the best coach in the Big Ten right now, uh, one of the top three to five coaches in the country. He was just kind of defending Underwood. And I will say, too, uh, what start, started the debate between him, him and myself on coach rankings and where we see coaches. Uh, was a Big Ten huddle episode a few weeks ago where I ranked Big Ten coaches, and I think I had Underwood at like five or six. And that was solely due to this season. Um, he has had a great last four or five years, especially once he got through his first couple of years in the Big Ten. He has been really great. But this year, they, they have underachieved a little bit, I think, in my mind. Uh, they're a very talented roster. You know, when they had Terrence Shannon Jr., he was a you know borderline All-American candidate. His name was coming up in that. Uh, in that conversation, but they they did lose to Marquette. They did lose to Tennessee, two teams that Purdue did did take care of and did beat. 
So, you know, when your best non-con win is for Atlantic, which they are coming off a final four year, you know, you're going to take some, some lumps, I think. So that's kind of where I was going with that ranking. But um, he did say, I have no ill will towards Matt Painter. Best coach in the big, like I said, top three to five in the country. I just think Underwood is a lot closer than given credit for. I'm just surprised at the passion and vitriol of a segment of the Purdue fan base. Um, keep in mind that in his show last night, he did admit uh, that Illinois is one of the worst. Um, he also said two things can be true, that Zach Eady is the best player in the country and that he has refereed differently. Uh, he thinks if Shannon were playing both games would be a toss-up, both this game and Mackey tonight and, and the return game at the end of the year for their senior night. So I, I took I took some notes. Um, I didn't want to get way off off track, and I'm used to being on with at least two other guys, and you've seen us go up to like nine people. So I'm used to having a chance to kind of collect my thoughts and be ready to jump back in the conversation. So if I get off track or I get um, get on a tangent, I apologize. I'm going to try to keep keep focused on here, not not get too rage. So um, basically, what I did is I listened through that that podcast, that episode he did last night. Which if you look up a line I cast on YouTube um, on X wherever their social medias are, you can find that episode last night. So you can fact check me. You can see that I'm trying to go through exactly what he said and kind of come up with my, my response for that. So um, the first thing he kind of talked about was the, the conversation about wins, right? Conference wins since Underwood, not was just in the big 10, but after he got a couple of years in. So if you go back to since Underwood's been a coach at Illinois, there's only one range. And that's if you go back the last four seasons, that's the only range in which he has more conference wins than Matt Painter. If you go back six years, seven years, or just two years, one year last year, he Painter has him beat in wins. Last three years, they're tied. So that was kind of cherry picking. That's kind of part of the reason I, I kind of wanted to stand up for that because you know you want to include the down year where Purdue might have missed the tournament, but not include their elite eight run. But you also don't want to in include the dominance of the last couple of years. So that's kind of where I took issue with that. The, the start of this conversation was about Purdue fans on Twitter and being um, somewhat entitled, acting like we're a Duke or North Carolina, et cetera. And the first thing I want to say is I was actually shocked. So I was surprised because one of the reasons we started our podcast over at Boiler Express was because of the negativity that can happen in the Purdue fan base and not just Purdue fan base, but in Purdue media um, surrounding the program as a whole. We wanted to step up and be a, a positive light. So to hear that people are, are acting entitled, acting like we're a top program, I, I, I like that. I like that. I'm glad, I'm glad that that's going on, but that, that's not exactly what we see a whole lot of. But we do see a certain fan that uh, is a mother of an Illinois player that is probably one of the, the most outspoken, um, angry, entitled fans, and that's a certain uh, Dre Gibbs Longhorn's mother. And uh, she's been very vocal a lot with Purdue fans in particular because, of course, her son committed and then backed out and now is at Illinois, uh, committed to Purdue and then backed out and now is at Illinois. So I just want to say that the Illinois fans, like I, I agree with Sonny, that Illinois fans historically are amongst some of the worst as well, too. So the entitled part, I do want to say our fan base and our program does take its lumps for March, does take its lumps for how we perform how we've lost the double-digit seeds the last few years, I get that. But Kansas, UCLA, North Carolina, Kentucky, and Purdue, those five programs, those Power Five programs, what do they have in common? They all have the most conference titles within their respective conferences. So 
in a way, we are in a class with Kentucky, North Carolina, UCLA, Kansas, the Dukes. Duke was second in the ACC behind North Carolina. So there, there is a lot of history there for Purdue fans to be proud of and to say, hey, you know, you're not going to disrespect Painter. You're not going to disrespect our program. You're not going to, you know, just come in and, and think that you're going to lose one of your best players and come in and walk over us. So there, there is some history behind the team that has us reason to defend it and step up for it like it is a top program because it's been a top program historically. Now, March, yeah, it's a different story. So let's get to the stat line. Um, I think he said something around, you know, what's going to be 20 points, like 12 rebounds, two or three blocks, and one foul. So this is something that's happened for the last couple of years, really, maybe even longer, even if you go back to some of the bigs that Purdue's had, is they all want to complain about how fouls are called on our big guys. The ironic thing to me is, as Purdue fans, before this so, so rivalry happened with the Illini cast, um, we thought that Illinois fans would kind of understand our point of view, would kind of say, hey, we get it, because you guys had Kofi Coburn, and you want to draw those conclusions, because – when Kofi was playing, the things the Illinois fan base and coaching staff were saying about Kofi were a lot of the same things that they're saying about Edie. Now, I will say one of the differences is that, yes, Edie is bigger. So I've defended and I've fought many times on our pod when I go on the Big Ten huddle that you've got to look at the big picture. You can't just be a box score studier. You can't just be a box score bandit and just not look at the game film, not look at what's going on on the court. Because Frank has said it, and I'll say it now too. My my Twitter handle, my X handle is at BXP underscore rest. If you see this egregious foul calls that are not being called on Edie, that he's whacking people in the head, that he's clocking people and they're not calling the foul, send them to me. Send them to me. Because everybody just wants to look at the foul totals and look at how he's never fouled out and say, oh, he's not officiated correctly. That's not fair. When if you actually watch the game, Edie goes straight up almost any time he's played one-on-one. Anytime he plays one-on-one defense, he goes straight up. His blocks come from help defense, trailing defense, etc. All the time, you'll see it, and I'm sure you'll see it in the Illinois game, because Illinois does have some athletes, they do have some drivers, and they will score around Edie, because Edie is not swiping the ball, he's not coming down. He's 7'4", 300 pounds. Kofi was not that size. A lot of Edie's one-on-one, straight-up, on-the-ball defense is based off solely him being a massive human being that is difficult to score over. And that's the Purdue defense as a whole. If you look at the Purdue defense as a whole, Purdue's goal is to make you take the most difficult shot possible, the lowest percent shot possible. It's not to get steals. It's not to get blocks. It's to make you take a low percentage shot, to challenge it as much as we can, to not give up open looks. And it shows, if you look at some of the CBB analytics, shout out our sponsor, Purdue is then in the 99th percentile of fouls, fewest fouls committed per game, per game at 13.4. I get that. People are saying that's what that's that's what I'm saying. They're not calling fouls on ED. They're not calling fouls on Purdue. It's not fair. Purdue is also in the 34th percentile in steals and steal rate. So we also don't get steals. We don't get blocks. We don't, we don't play an aggressive defense. There's really two main styles of defense that you can play in college basketball. You can sit there and make the other team beat you, right? Don't go swiping at the ball. Don't go playing physical. Play hands straight up. Play defense with your feet, basically. Play defense being in the right spot, being in the right spaces, and not going crazy going off to the ball. There's also the style which a lot of teams are forced to play against Purdue because Edie's 7'4", 380. He's massive. We got the three-point shooters. 
if you give us space, we'll we'll eat you up because we have an offensive tactician in Matt Painter. And shout out PJ Thompson, who's taking over the offense and the play calling. That we will tear you up if you just sit back and play defense on us and try not to foul us. You have to play physical against us, which is what causes teams to foul out against CD, right? Which is causes our guards to be able to get to the free throw line. Our guards get open looks as well because they're forced to help on Edie. So, you know, you uh, Frank and I have, have constantly, constantly been driven crazy by these people that just look at the foul totals and go, hey, it should be balanced because we keep going back to, okay, so do we need to balance technical foul calls? If one coach gets a tech, the next coach, the other coach gets a tech. Like, you don't balance it. You call the game as it's played. Um, some some more notes. I'm going to get into some of the things that, that Frank said here. So, some of Frank's notes that he sent me. The Illinois offense is isolation-centric, isolation which is why the Illini have one of the worst assist percentages in the country. Illinois is running 26.5% of their plays as spot-ups, no screens or cuts, basically just straight-up shot, and is in the 56th percentile in scoring off of these plays. That's what, hashtag mid, right? Like, that's that's average. So they're not great at that. Purdue's opponents have run spot up on 24.7% of their plays, and Purdue is placing in the 91st percentile in spot up defense, allowing just 0.78 points per play on these plays. So if you watch the Maryland game, I think it's a little similar. You know, you look at Illinois offense against Northwestern, it looked a lot similar to what Maryland's offense is. Yes, they assisted the ball more. Their assist rate, I think, on the season is like 18% with, with Terrence Chandler Jr. They are up but they're still only like 40, like mid 40s percent assist rate. So while they are passing the ball better, while they are moving the ball a little bit better, they're still doing a lot of ISO. They're doing a lot of drive it. They're doing a lot of one-on-one um, -on -one style attempts to score. There's still some booty ball going on there. So Purdue's strength to schedule is ninth on the season. Illinois' team is not even the best offense we faced this year. So the people that think, oh, well, Illinois is diverse. Illinois is spread out. They're going to – they're going to have so many weapons, it's going to be hard to stop all of them. They're going to compete. They're going to get it done. We've seen that. We've heard them talk about that with Arizona most recently in particular. Uh, people talked about Marquette having the athletes that we couldn't handle. But we took care of it. Illinois is the fourth highest ranked Ken Palm team we played this season. So this is their biggest game, right? This is their Super Bowl. And this is just another day at the office for Purdue. Now, I will say to play what, for the top eight or five of the top ten Ken Palm teams that we've played, you're, you're, you're bound to drop one of those games. You know, to, to finish, if you're playing five of the top teams in the country and you have four and one, that's pretty dang good. That's pretty good. So, you know, I I joke a little bit about being being a Purdue fan right now is kind of like being a little bit of like a Cowboys fan because, uh, unfortunately, I'm a Cowboys fan in the NFL. And, you know, Cowboys are one of those teams that, like Purdue, they haven't had postseason success, at least not recently. And so it doesn't matter how good their record is in the regular season. doesn't matter how many games they win, how good the team looks. People are always going to say, yeah, well, talk to me in January. Talk to me in February. Talk to me at the end of the season. And anytime they lose a game, it's like, ah, oh, see, there it is. That's the that's the recipe. It's the same old Cowboys. It's the same old Boilermakers. Uh, just like they did with Northwestern, right? We lose to Northwestern in a completely different manner than we lost last year. And people still wanted to say, oh, look, see, same old Purdue, same old Purdue. So um, we're seeing some comments in here. John, Illinois is number one efficiency since December 1st. Okay. So, yeah, they. I mean, they've definitely gotten a little bit more efficient to – even since Terrence Shannon Jr. has gone down, Frank and I were talking about that sometimes when you lose a guy that is high volume, that he's taking 13, 14, 15 shots a game, you know, he's sucking up so much that offense, so much of those opportunities that 
it actually helps the team to lose somebody like that when you have the talent around him that Illinois has around him. They have the talent that can score around him, and so now the ball gets spread out more. They're a harder team to stop because now you can't just key on the one guy like a Terrence Jr. Jr. And so that makes it a little bit harder to stop a team like that and actually makes them sometimes a little bit better. So I don't think that the disrespect of the 10-point line or whatever it is for Purdue Illinois right now, I don't think that's just. Terrence Jr. Jr. is not – they're not going to hurt that much from him not being there. Yes, does it hurt them? Yes. But they have talented ball uh, ball scorers and players around him that they'll still be good. You saw that against Northwestern, right? They blew Northwestern out of the water, a team that was able to beat us at home, granted, but you know they were able to to get it done. So um, let me go here to another note that I had. Oh, so one of the biggest, uh, Sonny, one of the biggest signs of disrespect we took you might not even realize you did it because I know it was late at night. I know you're throwing stuff out there and you repeated some stuff, but the fact that you kept saying that we're worried about just two guards and you mentioned Lance Jones and Braden Smith without mentioning Fletcher lawyer, who's actually our third leading scorer ahead of Lance Jones, uh, which was pretty mind boggling to me. He he's our third leading scorer, like I said, at 11.3 points per game, including two games of 27 points against Arizona and Tennessee two of our biggest games of the year. And this is being hyped up similar to that style of game. Top 10 matchup at Mackey, first one in how many years since I think West Virginia a few years back. And I think that this could be a Fletcher Lawyer game. I think he could really go off. I think that they're going to key on Edie. They're going to try to stop him and it's going to open up shots on the outside. And not just Fletcher, you saw what happened with uh, Mason Gills last year, right? Penn State played a similar style. They tried to play booty ball. They like to isolate a little bit. And if, if Illinois does that, we could definitely get somebody hot on the outside. Um, let's see. You also doubled down on the two guards or on, on the disrespect of Fletcher Lawyer when you said Braden Smith and Zach Eady are the top two players, right? Not in that order, Eady, then Braden Smith. But then three through seven is probably in an Illinois uniform. I, I wouldn't agree with that because I would put Fletcher Lawyer somewhere in the top five or six there. I would I would say he's definitely higher than just the eighth best player on the floor tonight. That's just my my thoughts. Okay, so we got some comments coming in here. Thoughts on a Hawkins ED matchup. So I mean it's it's not something that he hasn't seen before. You know, he constantly teams try to go smaller, they try to put a more athletic big on him. Um, even defensively, they might switch off the biggest guy on the other team to keep them out of foul trouble while guarding ED. So ED is He's displayed a lot better footwork this year. He's not always playing drop coverage now. So he's not nearly, you know, I wouldn't even say defensive liability, but he's not nearly the liability that he was last year. So I think it could be very interesting. I think it comes down to how they want to play Edie defensively because I, I do think Edie stays out of foul trouble again tonight. You know, I think that that prediction of his box score is correct. But like I explained earlier, that's not necessarily an indication of them refereeing Edie differently. It's just that he doesn't try to get the fouls. So I do think that Edie stays out of foul trouble. Now, does Illinois double him on defense? If he if they double him, you could see a game like Arizona where we have a couple guys on the perimeter go off for 15 to 25 or more a game, and Edie's still going to get his 15, 20, you know, 22 points or so. So I think it'll be interesting to see how Illinois plays in defensively if they try to just throw bodies at him, get guys in foul trouble so that after the game, Underwood can go crying about the officials like he already has been this year or this week leading up to this game. Um, so we'll we'll see about that. Um, just guy, our guy, Frank, you have to take schedule disparity into account too. Colgate, Missouri, FDU, Northwestern aren't exactly defensive monsters. Yeah, exactly. 
So, and especially when you got Northwestern at home. So those are Illinois, I think last four opponents or five opponents, four opponents, um, at least since December 1st. So yeah, they look, they look efficiently offensively, but look at something like Ken Palm. Ken Palm will, they'll give you a good idea of how you should have performed against that team versus how you actually performed. So when you have a team, you know, like a Colgate that you're supposed to put up 90 to hundred points on, when you put 90 to hundred points on, you don't get a big old pat on the back saying, Oh, you outperformed. No, you did what you should have against that team, especially with a Terrence Shannon Jr. Uh, YouTube user boiler up. Yes, sir. Boiler up or ma'am. Don't want to assume. Fletcher is six, four. I mentioned two other guys cause we show on the little guys. Okay. Yeah. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I, I guess it was the it was the double down when you said that players three through seven are on the Illinois side when Fletcher has shown the ability to repeatedly drop 20 plus 25 plus points in a game and just get hot and go off. So I, I would have put him, you know, we talked about it at the beginning of the season. I would have put him in the top five, maybe not top five, but top 10 guards in the league when he wasn't even being mentioned because um, the dude can just score in buckets. He can score in a hurry. Um, one of the games that was most impressive last year was the Michigan State game where he scored, I think, eight of the last 10 points. And the last bucket, he actually assisted to Edie for the game winner. So let's see. Edie has 75 pounds on Hawkins. Good luck, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Frank's got a point there. Like I said, you know, that's that's a difference between Edie and Kofi as well, is that Edie is still a little bit bigger and definitely taller than what Kofi was. So it's harder to score on him, and then you have to use more effort to stop him. So, you know, that's where when you when you say he's officiated differently, that's where we thought we would have a, a common bond with Kofi because the thing with Kofi and the thing with Edie offensively getting fouled is they're so big and strong that they could be taking hits and lumps, and it doesn't affect them the same as, as other players, but it's still a foul, right? So the same hit that's going to knock a 5'10 guard on the ground under the basket sliding that same hit on a on a seven four dude should still be a foul, even though it doesn't affect him or throw him off the same way it would a smaller guard. So that's kind of where we come from as far as how he should be officiated differently. Ed is just tall. Yeah, good point, Ultimate Boiler. Appreciate that, Damon. Um, Frank has said excited to see Domask versus Lance Jones, former teammates going at it. Should be a fun matchup. Yeah, and uh, Lance Jones talked about that a little bit. If you look that up on YouTube, I won't go through all the notes on that, but. You know, they've definitely been keeping track of each other's teams and each other's success. And I think you'll see a little bit of banter tonight, um, but it also might be one of those situations where it turns into, hey, for those 40 minutes on the floor between those lines, we are not friends. So we'll see. Um, Lance Jones is usually a pretty easygoing guy. I don't think anybody has funner, has funner, has more fun on the Purdue team and maybe in college basketball, playing basketball this year than what Lance Jones does. So I, it's hard for me to see him kind of get in that mode. But there'll definitely be some discourse between those te two teams or two guys. So I don't see really anything else. There's not so there's not really anything else I got there. So for me personally, at the game tonight, I I would if I had to bet on the game, the bet I would take is for Illinois to cover. I do think Purdue gets it done at home. I give them the edge at home, but I think it could be one where there are some swings. You know, we could get up big and get up 15, 18 points, but Illinois can score in bunches. And I think it comes down to a single-digit spread at the end of the game and maybe even a couple possessions where we're, we're having to hit some free throws to, to seal this game. And I, I like our chances in that. Obviously, one of the biggest differences between Edie and Kofi was his free throw shooting, is his free throw shooting. Um, so I, we don't have to take him off the floor at the end of the games. And our team as a whole is 
a good enough free throw shooting team that we should be able to hold the lead late if that's what it turns into. So um, it does sound like Mackie is going to have the paint crew tonight. So that should be a good help as well. I know Sonny brought up that we've lost our first home games after January because usually the paint crew isn't there, but they should be there. So that will be a good boost. Mackie should be at full throat, full volume for this game. And I'm looking forward to it. It's a game, like Sonny said, that even if you're not a Purdue Illinois fan, then you should be watching it because it's a it's a top 10 matchup in the Big Ten that it's it's big. It is probably bigger for Purdue. I agree with you on that, Sonny, as well, that it's probably bigger for Purdue at this point because Purdue already has a conference loss. And they the Illini are undefeated in conference play early on. So a loss puts us two games back, puts us in a bind, and it's going to be a struggle anyways. It's going to be a long struggle in the Big Ten schedule like it always is. And it's going to be even harder if we're two games back of a talented Illinois team. I think Illinois is still there at the end. I think they're still a top four or five in a conversation for a double bye. I don't necessarily know if they're going to stay at the number two team in the conference. I think Wisconsin's very good. I think Ohio State, as long as they can avoid a slump, is very good. Nebraska could surprise some people. But I do think that they're a very talented team, even without Terrence Jr. Jr. They should be a, a tournament team with a decent seed and a shot at getting the Sweet 16. And that's one more comparison I would make between Painter and Underwood is Underwood has yet to make a Sweet 16 with Illinois as well. So for as much guff as you want to give Purdue fans for not making it uh, past these double-digit seeds the last few years, we have made a couple of Sweet 16s in the last six years, including in the Elite Eight in 2019. And so we do have a little bit more success in the tournament with Painter than even Underwood has had with Illinois. So uh, with that, I'm going to go ahead and close it down unless I see some comments come here at the end. Appreciate you all kind of putting through this random – mid-afternoon uh, conversation. Hopefully it brought some things to light. Uh, maybe give some talking points. Um, hit me up uh, at BXP Russ, uh, BXP underscore Russ, I apologize, or at Border Express on Twitter, um, on Facebook. We're everywhere on YouTube. Hit subscribe. See if you want to follow this and see if you want to see more of the content we put out. But uh, go Boilers, uh, Boiler Up, Hammer Down, and uh, we'll see you all next Tuesday.